everybody. Welcome back to the Flexible Dieting Podcast. I'm Joe Klimczewski here with Austin Kiergaard and Kevin Brunacini. Today, we're going to talk about how far can I deviate with my macros? This is something clients often ask as they're getting started. Most of them are looking for structure, and I think that's very, very appropriate. For anybody dieting on their own, working with a coach, it just seems easier to have a meal plan and start following that, and things are great. But at some point, hopefully sooner than later, the training wheels have to come off because you're going to encounter times, days, meals that you just can't do what you want to do. You have to be able to make some some equal, quasi-equal exchanges, but it never works out perfectly. And so at the end of a day, you're invariably going to be high in one category, low in another, and a lot of people just kind of lose their shit. They're worried that, man, I messed the whole thing up now. Now I'm lost. I don't know what to do. I, I've ruined the day, ruined the week. And uh, Kevin and Austin, there are so many, so many ways to be okay. Uh, we'll end with looking at the big picture, but inside of those details, uh, I'll, I'll start with you, Austin. Just calorically, as you create a plan for a client, and you say, "Here's the energy balance I'm looking for. This amount of protein, carbs, and fats as macronutrient distribution levels." Do, do you actually tell a client up front that, you know, if you're off five or 10 grams or five or 10%, like that's good. How do you even just, just cross that bridge before anybody even encounters those troubles? Yeah, I, I gather this information first by doing uh, a questionnaire and asking how, like what their experience is with tracking. If they're more seasoned, then it's an easier conversation. If they're less seasoned in tracking, then it's a more in-depth conversation with that. Then I like to ask, like, what's their relationship with food and have they had any food issues in the past, whether they tried a previous diet or whatever. So I like to get to know like their relationship with food and their experience of tracking. Once I know that, then I like to explain like it's okay to be off by a little bit because I've worked with a lot of like very type A's where it's like it has to be on and if not, then they feel like they have failed the day. So I, I try to explain that if you're I like to use like the plus and minus the standard deviation type of thing. If you're off a little bit, five or 10 grams at the end of the day, that's, it's not that big of a deal. Now, if you're off 15, 20 grams every single day, then that could potentially add up. But then I also have to look at what is their activity factor like outside? Are they someone that burns a lot of calories and is their goal weight loss? Are they very sedentary? And is it weight loss? You know, I like to look at some of those other factors, but I do have that conversation. Like here's your, here's your macro plan your macro map here is your calories but it is okay to be off by a little bit i am i i'm expecting you to be close but you being perfect is going to be incredibly challenging especially when we have additional life factors going out to eat birthdays graduations x y and z um we also know and this is another topic for another day we also know that um nutrition fact labels the FDA allows anywhere from like 20 to 30% to be off. So how anal do you want to get with this is kind of my point. So I try to just let people to be a little bit kinder to themselves and say, it's okay as long as we can stay within this range, plus or minus, again, five or 10 grams. Good. And uh, Kevin, I mean, th there's also a little bit of an investigative curiosity to this with clients, or I think there should be, where you as a as a coach are still looking at the results. So maybe as Austin said, you're 15 or 20 grams up or down in carbs or fat or protein yet at the same time, you know, the week went great and maybe we need to adjust the, the goalpost a little bit. 
Um, when clients are, if you, if you don't mind just going through that process, if the clients are really having trouble hitting those levels, how do you go through different processes to help them get on track or, or find a new path? I like to ask them what they may prefer sometimes where I may have a goal or a starting goal with uh, any macronutrient, but particularly carbs or fat are going to be your pr pretty predominant ones. Sometimes clients prefer more carbs over fat and vice versa. So, and perhaps I'm, you know, I'm biased. I usually like to account for higher carbs if you're less fat, whereas a client may be a little bit on the opposite side. They prefer to have a little bit more fat than what I would typically suggest. And same with carbs, it may be a little lower than what I typically might suggest. So getting that type of preference certainly can help that way. There's not a discouragement of, well, I didn't hit this. I'm, I suck. And let's just change the goalpost. Here's what's reflecting average, assuming the goal is meeting, assuming the pace for the goal is being predictable and whatnot, then no harm, no foul. It's just what they prefer. Cool. Then adherence will be better, assuming that's the case by making these changes. So um, I'm all for that. Just, um, I'm, I'm all for making, ref uh, changing up the ranges to reflect what is current, even if there is no preference either way. But I, if they're 20 grams less, or whatever macronutrients, and we just change it just to make it reflective of what that average is. Um, sometimes I shoot myself in the foot by making this change because they may not understand it right away of why we're changing it. But it's just to just for my own, I guess, annotations of this was changed just to reflect the average rather than a need to have to change for you know a a uh, a function. It, mm -hmm. More or less, I'm not sure what the best word I'm trying to say there, but. Um, yeah, uh, I'll stop there because that's it's really just dependent on them, and then we'll we'll tailor accordingly. But I'll still toss it to you because I'm going to go rambling. Well, I, I still I think you know a good take home from both of you guys is that it, it's pretty arbitrary when when a, even a good coach creates a plan. It doesn't mean that that needs to be the plan forever. It doesn't mean it was even the right one to begin with. I mean there there has to be some some input and partnership from the client. So as a client, perhaps listening to this or somebody just following some kind of a macro calculator, um, you know, just realize that with, with genetics, with food preference, with your energy balance in terms of expenditure, daily activity training, it just may not be perfect for you. But there is also the side of preference, which, which you both mentioned. So Austin, if somebody is just randomly, the, the whole system seems to be okay, but every once in a while, they're 30 grams of carbs high or 25 grams of fat high or 40 grams of protein low. Uh, are, are there, is that something you would tell a client like, hey, that's just a wash, totally fine, good day. That's just one day of the week. Or do you start looking at, well, maybe we need to make a change or maybe in those days, here's how we adjust that. As a client, a, a new dieter, I'm thinking, trying to figure out flexible dieting, you know, how close do I really need to be on a daily basis? And if I'm not, do I need some kind of course correction? It's a good question. I, I would look at it as, is it just happening like once a day? Uh, because I can look at total weekly calories, right? It, it, if they're still succeeding at their total weekly calories, then I might say, hey, this is just a, just one day. That's okay. Let's get back on. And, and, and I've had that happen. Uh, somebody goes out of town for a day and they do the best they can. And they're like, well, it just was a disaster. I usually will say that's okay. Let's just get back on and then let's address why it was a disaster. And then let's try to maybe plan ahead next time, or let's find ways that we could plan ahead 
if it's kind of happening the same time over and over and over again, maybe two or three weeks, then I'll have a conversation of like, hey, like what's going on on this day or what's going on on these days? Because maybe there's just something coming up where it's like, I have to have these luncheons. I can't say no because my boss is ordering food and I just can't do this. And I just don't know. And then once I do that, I feel like, well, craps hit the fan. I'm just going to eat these Tootsie Rolls at the office too. And I just, I just kind of gave up. So then it's also having that conversation because maybe we just need to adjust. Maybe we throw an audible, maybe we throw in a higher calorie day. You know, we look at potentially calorie cycling, if you will. And so it's like, okay, well, maybe we'll just have one higher calorie day here. The rest of it will be a little bit lower. And then we're still, again, looking at our weekly total calories. We're still succeeding within those limits. We're just allowing you to not feel like you're failing on that one or two days a week. That That is really important. Really perfect. Um, Kevin, when, one of the one of the questions I get quite a bit is when a client does deviate unintentionally and they may have, let's say, 15 grams of fat too much on one day, uh, they will often say, should I make up for that the next day? Or, you know, should I cut 15 grams of fat or should I cut five grams of fat for the next three days? W what do you say to answer that question? Admittedly, most clients, again, I work with Gen Pop and very introductory dieters, even though they may have chronic be, be chronic dieters, but tracking may be new or at least to this degree. Um, so I would be honest, not a lot asked that question or know what to ask when it, in regards to that. So it's a good opportunity to enlighten them on making those isochloric exchanges uh, or at least dis, 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 disperse excess calories over a span of days. Um, so depending on what the context, you know, if it's clearly 50 grams over of something, you know, if you want to bite the bullet and do the next day, you could theoretically, is that the best me? Probably not. It just depends on the individual and if they really want to go through that, but being realistic, if it's 20 grams, 50 grams, whatever it would be. Yes. I, you know, when help, when they understand that it's not just about the daily fluctuations, that's going to, that's bound to occur. And there's still a lot of grace within that, but looking at the weekly cumulative averages and seeing how you can have, even have a higher, more than a 50 gram surplus of something you can, it's probably not going to put a significant dent in the weekly totals more than likely. So helping them to understand that is one very graceful and it gets them off their back to say, it's okay, cool it, um, whatnot. But if it's three days of, you know, if a 25 gram surplus and they're um, dispersing that excess over three to five day span, and they still come out the week, come out the end meeting the same as if there was no excess, then no harm, no foul. Uh, yes, there might be some some shifting the next day. If it was a, a carbohydrate surplus, then they might see some glycogen synthesis and therefore their weight might have a little bit of a spike. It's probably not that big, but nonetheless, they may see that just something to anticipate if that's the case of which we just know that's coming. But that's that seems to be the easiest and most logical uh, and most compassionate in their in their regard just to say, it's okay. It's not going to be game over. It's far from, and that just really helps them to just not be so neurotic. Well, and neuroses is kind of a, a great pivot point there. And I'm glad you mentioned the difference between just general population dieters and somebody who may be in a performance or physique sport, because we cover a lot of that in our company. And I know when I was a professional bodybuilder competing, uh, I was that guy. I, I wanted the numbers, quote unquote, to come out at the end of the week properly. So if I was 10 grams of fat high one day, I would 
cut five out of the next two days just so that my net weekly averages were on track. Data analysts or analysts, accountants, engineers, I find as clients, even in the general population, they love the numbers, they love the data, they love the spreadsheets as well. So that that's something that some people may be cognizant of. But as a last point to that, Austin, similar question, but relegated to just one day, a client comes to you and says, you know, hey, I, I had a busy day. I still had 60 grams of carbs and 15 grams of fat left at night. I already had my dinner, was going to bed in two hours. Should I should I eat those 600 calories just to, you know, get it in the day so my numbers look good? Yeah, I mean, in, in the context of which I'm hearing, it sounds like they're concerned that that is a lot of calories to eat that close at night. So they might just feel uncomfortable. Um I would maybe have the discussion if and see if they'd be open to having maybe like a light snack, still knowing they're not going to hit the calories, but that's okay. Because again, if I'm looking at total weekly calories, and if this is just an outlier of a day, maybe we can cut those numbers in half and they can kind of have something that's a little bit of a sweet tooth before they go to bed. I might have them go take a little walk around the house just to help with moving that food around. So maybe they don't feel so bloated before they go to bed. And then we just chalk it up the next day and then we move on. And then again, I, I would like to ask like, what, what, what was going on that kind of put you behind? Did we miss a meal? Is there something we can do to counter that? Just so that we were taking action steps forward to make sure that, that it doesn't happen again. So they don't have to have that experience again. You're like, you're like, you're like CSI nutrition Sioux Falls. Like you're always <laughs> looking for that reason why, well, let's figure out why, let's figure out why, why this happened. Figure out why. Got to, we got to investigate. You can't give got blanket to. statements here. Got to investigate. And, and, and on another note, you know, that person also could just, I mean, they already ate in that scenario I gave you. So no, I mean, you could just go to bed not having those calories and you're okay. Yep. Uh, and, and you both mentioned, I'll wrap up with this. You both mentioned coming back to weekly, 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 net weekly averages, that sort of thing. And that's one thing that I often try to get clients to see is let's, let's let the data be what it is as we go through the, or data, what it, what they are proper term of data being plural. Um, and and right. then at the end of the week, thank you, Kevin, I knew you'd catch that at the end. Um, you'd correct me if I didn't correct myself. So let's, uh, let's just see how it works out. And we just may need a change for the next week. But you know, the, the day went fine, whether you're a little high, little low. So bottom line, guys, we want to make sure that you know, you don't have to be perfect. Those numbers are, are somewhat arbitrary, your energy expenditure is going to be fluctuating anyway. So let's just see how things go. And then as Austin said, let's let's find out if there are any underlying causes that we may need to account for. But uh, thanks again for watching this. We'll see you guys next time in the Flexible Dieting Podcast. 